0: I'm Sadia Tariq, and you're listening to Dhani, the podcast. As part of our special series on COVID-19, Dr. Habib is back with us on Dhani. He speaks about underlying conditions which makes someone more susceptible to COVID-19. And he also talks about the importance of vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc to build up your immunity functions. Dr. Habib, welcome back on Dhani. Thank you for having me, um, Dr. Habib. Just um, as you had mentioned just earlier, that there are um, there have been situations arising whereby uh, we need to be aware again, with reference to COVID nineteen, what the certain pre existing conditions are, and how uh, those conditions make um, a person more susceptible to COVID nineteen.
1: So the question really is, how does pre-existing conditions impact the people at risk of getting the COVID and progressing to respiratory problems? And uh, and then we'll link mm-hmm. in some of the ways that you can improve your uh, chances of, uh, or mitigate your chances of that through natural supplementation. And so the sure. uh, the, the recently in the USA, what we had was some uh, pretty amazing information, which I think highlighted the pre-existing condition, which is that in the U.S. population, there's a disproportionate number of African Americans and Hispanics who are not only suffering from the infection but actually dying from it. And um, there are a couple of explanations. One is that uh, historically there has always been a uh, discrepancy in the socioeconomic status of these uh, groups compared to the uh, the population, and as such, there's always been a disparity. In their underlying health, and means that they have disproportionately higher levels of pre-existing problems, namely blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, and so forth. And so, mm-hmm. what uh, recently what we had was up to, um, you know, a, a significant uh, number of people were dying uh, in in the that population group. And what we know is that they do have additional underlying problems, like the ones I just mentioned but in particular, high blood pressure. The reason I bring up the high blood pressure is that in the Italian uh, demographics, when we looked at the, the number of people who were who, who dying, almost 99% of them had pre-existing conditions. So in, in Italy, what we had was that a quarter of the people had diabetes, a quarter of the people had heart disease, and 75% of them uh, actually let's start with uh, a quarter of the population had one pre-existing condition, a quarter of them had at least two pre-existing conditions and a half of them had three or more pre-existing conditions. But 75% of the people that mm. died had hypertension. I think that's the common link between not only mm. what's going on in Italy, but what's going on with the uh, African-American population in America because they have a disproportionately high number of asymptomatic hypertension. What that means is that most of the time when people have high blood pressure, they can't feel it. So without checking and going to the doctor, they wouldn't know that they had it. You can't really feel hypertension for the majority of cases. Uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because if some of you are aware that there was a, a, a enzyme called ACE2, which was discovered uh, at the time of the first COVID infection in 2003-2004. And they found that That's the pathway that the virus can get into the lungs. So there's been a lot of interest in it, but they didn't find a vaccine or treatment for COVID-1. We're now dealing with COVID-2, which has about 79% similarity with COVID-1. And so we're trying to find vaccinations and possible treatments. But what's interesting about it is is that, that ACE2 is now known. So let me try to use a little science and I'll simplify it. What's going on in the body is a balancing act. There's an ACE1, which causes blood vessels to contract and blood pressure to rise. That's a normal phenomenon because if you have low blood volume, your kidneys detected and, and are involved in the pathway that make the ACE1 stimulation. So your blood vessels and blood pressure can respond. If you're dehydrated, you've lost blood, things like that. And how can you be dehydrated? You may have a fever, get dehydrated. You may have gone for a long run and, and, and become dehydrated. You could have gastroenteritis and be dehydrated. So, your body needs that pathway to raise your blood pressure. It's not just to create hypertension, right? And I'll tell you why people get hypertension when they shouldn't have a reason for the hypertension. So, you have a mechanism to raise the blood pressure through the ACE1 pathway. But then the body has ACE2 to compensate to lower the blood pressure decreased swelling and inflammation, you want that. The body has this innate mechanism of uh, balancing the body, right? And in fact, there is about 100 times more ACE2 receptors than ACE1. And uh, just to go back, ACE2 is the way that the COVID virus comes in, right? So the question that I, this is really my opinion, and you're going to find that as more information comes out, we're going to put the picture together. You know, first we're finding out the pre-existing condition then we're finding the high, high blood pressure. And what I'm going to tell you is that at the root of all of those is blood vessel problem. So with high blood pressure, there's a blood vessel problem. With diabetes, they have blood vessel problem. With heart disease, they have blood vessel problem, right? So mm-hmm. when uh, why do they not have a blood vessel problem? Blood vessels are really a good parameter of knowing what's going on. It's not just hypertension, although that is a big uh, uh, red flag. So if you have these two uh, pathways to, balance each other out, one is to raise the blood pressure, ACE1, ACE2 is to lower the blood pressure and reduce inflammation, that's ACE2, and so you have 100 times more ACE2 receptors, and that thank God the body has that mechanism, right? But the problem is right. that if you constantly stimulate uh, the, the the ACE1 and create hypertension, which is what unfortunately people do, right? Uh, you know, um, So genetically, you can have a predisposition like in the African-American population, but if I have a salt diet, I'm going to create hypertension. If I don't exercise, I'm going to create the environment for hypertension. If I don't sleep, I'm going to damage my immune function, which eventually will, will raise blood pressure. Did you know that inflammation makes your blood pressure go up? Right. So those are if your body's always on this path to raise the blood pressure through the ACE1, your body's trying to naturally compensate with ACE2. So instead of 100 times more, and I can't say this as science, I'm just speculating that maybe you have an over-stimulation of ACE2, and that's why mm. the people with hypertension and the genetics for it and the uh, predisposition are adversely, disproportionately impacted by this virus coming into ACE2. Not only does it come mm. in, it may pro- uh, propagate, it may continue, so you get this uh, a more severe version of the COVID infection, like a higher fever, a higher uh, uh, po- a heart rate, uh, And, um, you know, breathing trouble, but uh, that's really not a desirable place because as long as you're being ventilated, you will get air into your body, but that inflammation can overwhelm the body. So what we say about the pneumonia that we get from this virus is not one lobe or one lung. It could be the whole two lungs. So it's, it is devastating because unlike pneumonias that we get in the ICU, it's usually one lung, maybe, uh, or one lobe, I should say or true lobe, that would probably give you, uh, you know, get you into the ICU because you'd need support. And if one whole lung, the left and the right, if one whole lung is gone, then you'll probably need some mechanical support, ventilation. And then in this COVID uh, pneumonia, the whole lung is involved because we describe it as diffuse, it's spread out. And then that uh, inflammation then creates fluid outside the lung and the fluid kind of restricts the lungs ability to expand and no matter how much you ventilate if the if he should get into intubated or whoever's intubated and they continue so many of these people are intubated for maybe 10 days two weeks even three weeks it's a long period of time and in that time you either recover or you go into ARDS and there is high high mortality so once sure. you are in um, there is a you know, you know, very high chance of death. How to make your immune system stronger and that same pathway can help you keep your blood pressure lower because one of the reasons, one of many reasons why that ACE1 pathway is activated is your choice of lifestyle. If you're not exercising, you're not sleeping properly, you're putting too much salt into your diet, but also did you know that if you have low vitamin D, you're activating renin and renin stimulates ACE1 pathway, the, the one that raises the blood pressure. So, I speak back. Uh, okay. Did you know that having low vitamin D stimulates renin from your kidney, which stimulates ACE1 to raise your blood pressure? Did you know that? Well, now you do. So, get your vitamin Thank D you. level set and get it up there. And you can get it up there pretty fast. So, the range in America is between 30 and 100. You do not want to be 30. And by raising your uh, vitamin D to a reasonable amount, you know, even if you don't believe what I say, you know, the range is 30 to 100. You don't have to believe me, 30 is low. 100 is the upper limit. Where do you want to be? Let's compromise. Let's get to 60. Sure. That's, that's sure. my kids are 60 because that's my mm. common sense of, right? And so if you do that, then th- there's less stimulation on the renin. So you won't stimulate the ACE1. Remember what I said? If you stimulate the ACE1, the body's going to try to compensate with the ACE2, which is good, but not if that's how the virus is coming in. And this virus is very contagious. So that's vitamin D. Did you know that vitamin C works like an angiotensin receptor blocker. We call them ARBs. They are a class of blood pressure pills that can help you lower your blood pressure. And uh, angiotensin receptors are on your blood vessels. They're on your lung. They're in the intestine. And so remember that some of these uh, uh, COVID patients not only have lung problems, they get diarrhea because you have those receptors on the blood vessel. You have them on the lung. You have them in the gut. And so the way we lower people's blood pressure is with either blocking that angiotensin-1 enzyme or at the angiotensin receptor. And vitamin C naturally blocks the angiotensin receptor. So wouldn't you like to take some uh, vitamin C? Proposed to you, you should. Of course, got it. Because mm-hmm. one day I was uh, very excited about uh, telling people about what's going on right now in USA. We're trying to get intravenous, high-dose vitamin C into those ICU patients and uh, Northwell is a very big hospital system in New York City. They're using high-dose IV vitamin C because the Chinese showed a lot of promise because they were using it after the COVID-1. They've been using it since the COVID-2. And what vitamin C does is not only help lower the, vitamins, uh, 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 help lower the blood pressure, uh, but what, what it does, it, it stimulates the production of nitric oxide. And nitric oxide will increase blood flow, lower blood pressure. But nitric oxide and blood flow means that your blood vessels will be protected. Because one of the ways that your blood pressure is being damaged, whether with this COVID or just people with high blood pressure, is that they have low nitric oxide levels. So it's the vitamin C's ability to support nitric oxide. And nitric oxide it helps open arteries and supports the immune system. It's a gas that's constantly being produced in the body. I've said that you can take vitamin D, vitamin D3. You can take vitamin C, one to two grams a day, spread it out. It's better absorbed that way than try to take too much at one go. And then so with the IV vitamin C, what happens is that you are now replacing what is inherently being depleted. Anytime somebody's sick, you drop your vitamin C levels, right? So that's why historically people take, take vitamin C. In this situation, it's more than just a little luxury. It could potentially save people's lives, not only to take it orally, but in those people in the ICU who are doing it, IV, because first of all, they're intubated, so you can't do orally very easily anyway. But IV is a rapid way to get it into the body to replace, replete the deficiency that comes with any illness. So in that world, when they get sick, they have the ability to produce 100 times the amount of vitamin C so that they can recover. You know, humans have lost that ability. So that's where you have the story where, you know, when you're sick, why don't you take some vitamin C? And that's a great idea. And in Mm -hmm. this situation, by taking the vitamin C, you're replacing what your body has been depleted of. And then the faster you can get it in. So in the the people who are severely ill, getting the high dose uh, vitamin C can uh, not only replace the levels, but actually start to support nitric oxide. That's probably the mechanism that not only do you get more blood flow, but you can lower the inflammation in the lung level. Somebody asked, you know, how much vitamin C? So there's two ways of looking at it, right? Maintaining levels is based on measuring your level. So if you know how to measure it, you know, go and ask a doctor or someone like myself, I will measure the serum level, what's in the bloodstream. That will be dependent on my meal, what supplementation I take. I also measure intracellularly. Serum levels will go up and down day by day but intracellular will build up over time or go down over time. So intracellular Mm is steady state and intracellular. So if your intracellular level is low, just like when you measure the vitamin D, then your job is to get it up there. You can't get it up there in one day. Even if you take IV, it'll help you in the acute situation, no doubt. But for people who are just trying to make their immune system stronger so that they don't get the virus, they're trying to make the immune stronger. So should they get the virus, they can uh, eliminate it faster. Then, you know, anywhere from, uh, I would say two grams. Two grams means 2,000 milligrams. But you want to space that out. In an ideal world, you could take 500 milligrams four times a day. In an average world like mine, I will take one gram in the morning, one gram at night. And if I feel like I have inflammation, I'll take it actually, maybe even 2,000 milligrams in the morning and 2,000 at night. But, you know, when I'm saying this, I always counter it by saying, talk to your healthcare provider. If they don't understand what I'm saying, contact us. It is based on measurement clinical situation and guided by your medical practitioner. So don't go home and just start taking a whole bunch of vitamins and hoping for the best. You know, uh, you could do that, but that's not my advice. You you could use it very effectively to prevent you. And now, of course, I use it in a therapeutic manner because I've had 15 years experience using high dose IV vitamin C as a preventative tool, as a therapeutic tool to support the immune system and so forth.
0: Sure. So, uh, Dr. Uh, Habib, I had a question here, but if we are talking about these, these are supplements, but if you're talking about natural foods, um, how much are we getting, say, by eating an orange a day?
1: Uh sorry, milligrams.
0: 75 <laughs> milligrams, milligrams, and you're yeah. saying that we yeah. need yeah. to have almost a 1,000.
1: Uh, about 2,000 a day, in a given day, Oh, 2,
0: right. That's too many right, oranges, right, right.
1: because your blood sugar yeah. would go up. <laughs>
0: Well, obviously, yeah. So, what other fruits are we talking about? What other food um, items yeah, are we so talking um, about um, when we talk about vitamin C?
1: Um, listen, almost all food has vitamin C. Even a potato has vitamin C. Uh, mm-hmm. Corn has vitamin C. But you want to get mm-hmm. your vitamin C from a balance of fruits and vegetables. If you go too heavy sure. on the fruit, you're going to get too much sugar. And so, sure. uh, vegetables have some sugar, but there's not as much. So, I would say you want mm-hmm. to balance it out. And so, depending on the age group. So, if you're over 50, you definitely want to do less of the fruits. If you're younger than 30, you can do more fruits because your metabolism is higher, your brain metabolism sure. is higher. But after the age of 30, the brain metabolism changes and sugars are bad for your brain. Um, when I say sugar, refined sugars. So if you eat five oranges, you're going to have too much refined sugars, believe it or not. And so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. i, I used to be a believer of taking your fruits and vegetables, and I still am. But more vegetables as I'm older and a little bit less fruits, I'll give a little bit more fruits to my kids, organic, uh, particularly berries. And then really, you still have to supplement because the question really is, why should we have to supplement? You don't have to.
0: Yeah. You don't
1: have to, but th- that's a good question. Why should you have to? If you don't sleep enough, then you may have to. If you're dieting, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are cooking three fresh meals a day. If you're doing that, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to, yeah. you don't have to supplement. But uh, in uh, where we come from, in, this, in the, in the, in the uh, we call the DMV area, uh, the district of D.C., uh, virginia and maryland uh maryland virginia it's a city environment it's a very stressful environment it's a hustle and bustle environment not right now everyone's at sure. uh, home but so if you're in london a hustle and bustle environment if you're yeah. living yeah. You know, I, had, I had actually an athlete come in he has his own farm he is an entrepreneur He has his own business he runs like uh, he's, he's doing ultra marathons now i'm convinced mm-hmm. i'm going to see his blood test and and lo mm-hmm. and behold Because he's living in a very healthy, natural environment, despite the high level of exercise that he does, most of his levels were great. The only areas that I could help with was that, you know, dairy was affecting his immune system. So by just mitigating dairy, his immune system would be calmer. That would be better for him, less risk of Mm -hmm. developing. The other area was Mm -hmm. the homocysteine, high, because he was creating an imbalance that allowed homocysteine, which is not good for his blood vessels. So I could help him by lowering that. But overall, because he's living in a clean environment, clean air, he has a balance in his lifestyle, eating good food, then you're fine.
0: Dr. Habib, they're also talking about zinc, as in keeping up the immunity. How does zinc come into play with with all of this?
1: Yeah, so look, uh, zinc is powerful. Um, The ratio of zinc to copper should be about uh, 20 to 1. Um, Most of the time, people get copper in the environment from the water, from the foods, but they don't get enough zinc in the diet. Zinc, has, in short, has the ability to stop the virus from multiplying in multiple mechanisms probably through its very complex impact on the enzymes and the pathways. So almost like uh, the virus will have, uh, you know, unchecked uh, path if you don't have enough zinc. By having the zinc, you kind of have defense walls. You you know, the zinc will activate pathways and they will uh, put hurdles in the path of the virus so the virus doesn't go unchecked. You know, that's why we have speed bumps, right? Mm-hmm. For those speeders yeah, out there, slow you yeah. down. <laughs> Me down. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. so it looks like speed bumps it slows down and stops the virus from go, multiplying unchecked and uh, we call that replication you want to stop the multiplication enough time for the body the host the body is the host to you know to contain it and 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 curtail its lifespan sure and thick is uh, found in um, in in things like seeds and nuts which you know I'm a big promon- proponent because the healthy fats are in your in your nuts and seeds diverse uh, diversity so don't concentrate on any one nut even peanuts if you don't have allergies it has some benefit peanuts just may have a little bit of the aflatoxin the mold so stay uh, low on the peanuts and almost all nuts raw would be better but almost all nuts and seeds will be high in magnesium high in zinc high in minerals minerals are sure. in addition alkalinizing so what alkalinizing means that your body is in a less acid state acid sure. state is an environment that allows inflammation as it stays in that environment, because of inflammation, you have more insulin resistance. So blood sugars will be higher. So going back to what I was saying about vitamin D, vitamin D makes your insulin also more sensitive. So if your insulin is more sensitive, then your blood sugar will be better controlled without doing anything mm-hmm. else. You know, have a diet, good diet, refined, uh, and less of the refined diet, exercise. But, you know, that's where supplementation comes into it. Measure the levels, get them to where they should be. And all of a sudden, your body starts to work right. Isn't that amazing? Sure. Half the sure. uh, that I have in my patient load, half of them disappear once you replace the deficiency. But I do a full yeah. spectrum evaluation. So of course. it's important to measure levels. And uh, how about lemons? You know, yeah, uh, Lemons, I'm sure, is just as good as oranges in terms of vitamin C. But uh, you know, not only are they good, they're good detoxifiers. They're working like you know, lemon juice and olive oil flushes out the gallbladder. So it goes beyond vitamin C. You know, when you have natural yeah. products, it goes beyond the one vitamin. There's so many other benefits and synergies, the best way to look at it. Because when I bring mm-hmm. down inflammation, I use the synergy of vitamin C and omega-3. You know, it sounds so simple and so layman, but I use it clinically in my practice. I see inflammation, I get rid of inflammation. It's as simple as that, you know, objectively. The, the marker is there and the marker disappears almost 100% of the time with the right formula and the right way of doing it.
0: Sure, sure. Dr. Habib, just my, my last question, you spoke about uh, pre-existing um, conditions and I was just wondering that how, where do we categorize the younger people? Because they don't, they're not undergoing um, uh, hypertension or diabetes or, or heart uh, situations. So how um, uh, how are they susceptible?
1: Yeah, well, let me tell you. Uh, so of course, the stats that I'm going to be using are for the USA but it's not uncommon for other Western societies to follow the U.S. suit, which is that even young people, as young as nine, have high cholesterol. They get high sugars, and so obesity oh. is rampant, and uh, or all being overweight, and then obesity is rampant. So what I'm going to try to tell you is that even young people are not as healthy. Just by death, just mm. because they're young does not preclude them from being, uh, you know, unhealthy. Sure. Because sure. Mere absence of disease does not equate to health. Yeah. So young people are on the slippery slope of uh, dysfunction, right? And I'll give you examples of that. Of the young people I measure, whether they're as young as 9, 10, or as old as 16, 18, they're young, right? You imagine they mm-hmm. their prime, 21, 22. A significant number have low levels of vitamins beta vitamins, antioxidants, amino acids, metabolites, minerals, you name it. Of course, different in different people, but it's shocking. And you wouldn't know unless you measure. That's what people who talk without measuring, they don't know. And Mm -hmm. when I speak, I'm speaking based on my facts, based on lab data being in practice for 25 years. So believe me when I tell you that your children are not normal, not least because the food is creating immunological problems for one third at least and that their mm-hmm. body is complete. They're not, uh, they don't have the right nutrient. That's if you assume that you're cooking three fresh meals a day or at least one fresh meal a day. You know, I don't have the luxury of having a fresh meal every day. Sometimes you have to eat the same meal two days in a row. And anyway, sure. amongst that and not having a good health system and not sleeping enough and, and yada, 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 all those add up to why your gut won't absorb the nutrients, okay? So complexity mm. break down and, and go into detail. But the question really was, why should young people be susceptible? Because, number one, they're deficient. Number two, their immune systems are not as optimal as you think. And in many cases, significant them have dysfunction. That means the food creates immunological problems that result in eczema, asthma, right? So if your kids have eczema, asthma, digestive problems, they have a dysfunctional immune system. Don't tell me that their blood vessels are normal. They may not have the same blood pressure problems as an adult. They may not have the same risk factor as I but they're not normal. That's why you're seeing people who are 30 or 40 with no obvious disease crashing and going down the slippery slope being mm. intubated because they're not normal. Because if you look at it, and today I was going to bring a picture of how to assess a normal blood vessel because measuring the blood pressure is late stage. Long before that, you get stiffness. But the stiffness in the blood vessel is much more in- indicative of blood pressure Bad blood vessels, more prone to having that ACE two being overdriven, because the stiff blood vessels means that your ACE one is working overdrive. So your body's trying to compensate with the ACE two, and too much ACE two may be the way the virus is coming in, and maybe the way it keeps on going and going sure. and yeah. going. So, um, so yeah, so I did talk about uh, how vitamin C orally can be very very useful. Get it in your diet, but you may have to supplement. It depends on what the underlying problems are. Do you have any? underlying immunological problems through blood testing uh, or looking at uh, immunological problems by just physical examination you know rashes eczema asthma a lot of uh, a lot of young kids in america have acid reflux problem it's it's really mm. uh, distressing but there's cool. hope because now you're hearing this get proactive because this is the time to get, you know take things one step at a time first appreciate what we're saying right the what is normal Mere absence of disease is not normal. There are five stages of cell decline. Doctors diagnosed in stages four and five. That's too long. Too long. Sure. Yeah. You when things are uh, declining, follows uh, follow your symptomology. When you wake up, how do you feel? Do you feel achy mm. and stiff? Have lots of energy? Are you, is your mind bright and clear? How's your energy throughout the day? What do your stomach feel like? Does it get bloated? How's the stool? Ask those questions. And then your doctor you know, it depends on what type of doctor, a functional doctor, a doctor that's holistic will listen very carefully with what you're saying because I don't wait until your blood pressure on your arm is high. I don't wait until your blood sugar is high. I can tell when the insulin resistance is starting to come up. I can tell what the blood pressure is coming and diabetes coming, what inflammation is up. I can I do genetic testing. So there's many, many ways, but I use that knowledge to explain to you based on my, uh, you know, objectivity. I'm giving you layman's information. So don't take it as gospel, but I'm giving you information based on evidence-based from real-life patients.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Dr. Habib, thank you very much. And I look forward to um, having a conversation with you next week. Listeners, um, in the show notes, there is Dr. Habib's uh, website address, and he is offering online um, consultation. So if you feel you need more advice, please contact him. Dr. Habib, entirely grateful to you. you.
1: Yeah, likewise. Uh, great talking to you. But I'll just continue the conversation. That if uh, people are out there looking for the mask, what we are going to do is for every mask that you purchase, we're going to donate it to the healthcare system. So feel free uh, to email us, contact us if you're interested in masks and testing. We do testing as well. So if you're if you're worried, contact us, email us, and we'll do that. And as uh, Sadia mentioned, that you know now when people are afraid of coming out, we do teleconference, we do remote uh, consultations. But actually you know, I've done this for the, from long time. I do physicals in people's homes. So, you know, we can do physicals in the people's homes for people who want to break it down. We can actually drop ship labs, have a lobotomist go and collect the samples. And we're working on labs, which are basically based on fingerprint, uh, finger prick and urine testing. So you can do it yourself and ship that out. So we can, you know, interact and stay healthy objectively. So use the information that's general, but also consider, you know, objective evaluation. So Uh, do contact us if you have any questions about those things.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And God bless you. Thank you.
1: Likewise. Thank you. Take care.